You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Odyssey's 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I am your only host today, Brian Rennick. Uh, Zane is traveling and, and Al is in the midst of a wild baseball and softball season out in New York. But I am thrilled to welcome uh, a writer over at NinersWire.com and half of the only 49ers podcast that has a beer named after them. It's Kyle Madsen. Kyle, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, Brian. Anytime, dude. I hope all's well. Yeah, everything. I'm well, sorry your I, host you abandoned what. you right before the draft, but you I know. know, right? What the heck? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. the The Monday was was decent until uh, until that De'Aaron Fox news. That was a little tough. Brutal. Dude. Um, Just, that was that was tough. Um, I think he's gonna so, play. I, I think, think so I think too. he's playing game five. Hey, yeah. he hit that three-pointer at the end with that broken mm-hmm. finger. So who knows? But I also texted a buddy and I was like, maybe that's why he tried to go right at that on the, yep. in that last possession, which obviously didn't end the way that that Kings fans would hope. It ended mm-hmm. the way that you would hope. And that's fine. I appreciate that. And uh, I know that you and I were uh DMing back and forth on Twitter uh on Friday when I asked if you'd be available and and you said that you really needed the Warriors to win at least one of those games because you were hosting on KHTK today from yep. 10 to 2. How did that go? It went great. It went great. Uh, the Deer and Fox news came down like in the middle of the show. Oh, So it was like, it was this like hard devastation for a second, but then like trying to figure out like, okay, they could, it doesn't mean it's over. They can piece it together. Will he play? Domas got to step up. All this other stuff. So there's plenty to dive into. But like I said, I, I think he's going to play. I think he'll be all right. I think so too. And, and, you know, honestly, this series has been everything that basketball fans could have hoped for. And to have him out, I think really would be just a huge bummer for just basketball fans in general. So I I think, I think he'll play Uh, Kendrick Perkins. uh, I don't know if you saw, he was on, uh, on ESPN and he was like, Darren Fox is, is a, is a Texas boy. And he said, I think he's going to play because, and what he said was, it doesn't look anything like this. And he held up his left hand and it, he has, he has like a Brian Baldinger finger on his left hand. Gross. And uh, yeah, he's like, it doesn't look like this. So I think he'll play. It's like, yeah. I, it's a, Richard it's Jefferson was like, you can't show that on TV, man. <laughs> They're just going to shoot him up with a bunch of stuff and he'll be fine. hundred percent, hundred percent. But this is not a Kings or Warriors podcast. This is a 49ers podcast. And there was some 49ers news today. John Lynch had his uh, pre- pre-draft press conference or uh availability if you will and uh you know you and i were talking uh before we we went on air and i said there wasn't really a whole lot to take away from it um honestly whatever your bias is you could you could read into it and confirm what that bias is in terms of some of the bigger bigger storylines coming out of santa clara right now uh the biggest being whether trey lance is on the trade block or not uh and honestly you know lynch's answer was pretty it it was it was a lynch answer right i I think john lynch would be an incredible politician if we're being perfectly honest um but they did ask uh he was asked a couple times you know essentially what is the possibility of of trade being traded and and he did not at all dampen or 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 really put put water to the to the fire that is trey lance rumors right Uh, but he did say that he expects Trey to be here. And I know you and Chris talked on Candlestick Chronicles last week about how Rappaport's, you know, report, which was 
let me reiterate the 49ers are not making these calls. They are taking these calls, which is just code for the 49ers are trying to build up Trey Lance's trade market. You know, as it stands, what, three days before the draft now, if you were to put a percentage on whether you think or a percentage on whether Trey Lance is traded either pre-draft or during the draft, what would you put that on? Ooh, I, I think it's like 30% he does. Maybe less. I might be shooting okay. too high. Um, I just don't... If you're moving Trey Lance, it means you are 100% sure that Brock Purdy is fully healthy, ready to go, and it's not going to be an issue going into 2023. And I just don't know by Thursday, April 27th, or whatever day it is, that they're going to feel right. like that. And if they it, like, if they do, then okay. But I, I, I have two separate thought processes here because there's the Niners thought process where they're looking at Lance and they're going, this is not our guy, which is everything they've said publicly has led me to believe that that, that they firmly believe Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the future. And Trey Lance at this point is a sunk cost. And if that's the case, you now have this potential asset that you can either trade or let him walk in two years after he's in the backup. Um, I, I I personally would hang on to him and give him a real shot to compete for the QB one job. I don't think the Niners want to do that. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then I wouldn't trade him because they've, they've needed to use three or more quarterbacks in like four of Shanahan's six seasons. And he's super talented. And if you wind up in a spot where he's starting 10 games for you and they go seven and three and he improves and looks really good. Well, okay. Now you've fallen backwards into where you were originally trying to get. Right. And just with the investment, that's what I'm that's what I'm betting on. And that's going to be more valuable than anything I think they're realistically going to get on the trade market. Yeah. You know, honestly, if you think about it in that regard, right, who is Trey Lance most valuable to right now? And it's obviously the 49ers, right, because yeah. they're the ones that that put as much value as they did into getting that pick and drafting him. And then also how many other teams have used this, the number of quarterbacks that the 49ers have? The one thing that I've kind of kicked around when it comes to trying to process this idea of whether or not they would trade Trey Lance is wondering if if the the Brock Purdy experience, which let's be perfectly honest, they fell ass backwards into, right? That wasn't you can't really you can't you can't give them a ton of praise for Brock Purdy because he was the last pick in the draft and it, he was obviously not an afterthought because they did use a draft pick on him rather than waiting to see if they can get him as a priority free agent. But for the most part, you know, he was, he, he was just, uh, just kind of throwing it, throwing it out there. Right. Let's, let's draft a quarterback. Right. Like Ron Rolf used to say, draft a quarterback every year and, and, and maybe they will, and maybe they should, or at least they should. Right. Because they can't keep them healthy, but my I I almost wonder if the Brock Purdy experience has now allowed Kyle Shanahan to kind of lean into what I would deem some of his I don't want to say worst qualities, but some of mm. the the qualities that we have um, come to question sometimes, which is specifically uh, ego and uh, system over player. Right? Mm. I, I really feel like Brock Purdy's success has way more to do with the talent around him and the system that he's in than Brock Purdy himself. If you drop Brock Purdy into, let's say, 30 other teams, Mm -hmm. is Brock Purdy going to look like he did with the 49ers? I'd venture to say no. Now, that's no shade to Brock Purdy. I was the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. I was at that Miami game. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. It was just an electric atmosphere. And, you know, he just hit the ground running and and never stopped until – you know, Hassan Reddick stopped him in, in Philadelphia. But if, if Shanahan believes like, Hey, I could just, I, what I need to do is just bring in college quarterbacks that have started 30 plus games. <laughs> and with that level of experience, cause there's a lot of them, right. With that yeah. level of experience, we can coach them up and they can, I can drop them in the system and they'll just do what I need them to do. And we can succeed. And yeah. so would they be willing, even without knowing where Brock Purdy is, would they be willing to say, look, our hole at right tackle is is so uncomfortable that 
we could get a second and change, we'd be willing to move him, right? And and that's mm-hmm. the I think that's the other question is what is enough for them to move him? Are they saying, look, it's either a first round pick or bust? Well, then the likelihood is low, right? I think there's one, maybe two teams who'd be willing to do that. And that would be Tennessee, just because Rand Carthen is there and and they don't really have anything outside of Ryan Tannehill, no shade to Malik Willis. But Mm. I think even even Trey Lance is a little bit more of of a known quantity, I think, than Malik Willis is. And then the other would be, the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the only reason they'd be willing to do that is because he's a hometown kid. And that's a hell of a story. Yeah. Outside of that, there is a scenario where I think depending on how the draft falls, specifically who Carolina takes at one, Mm there's a lot of smoke that Houston isn't willing to take a a quarterback at two. And I think that smoke is there because they like Bryce young and and no one else. So if Carolina takes Bryce young, I think, I think Houston either tries to trade or just takes Will Anderson at two. And then I think they try and go like offensive tackle at, at 13. And then, hey, why not Lance? Why not offer, call San Francisco and be like, listen, we'll give you 33 and a fourth, or we'll give you 33 and, and we'll swap one of your thirds for something, you know, yeah. for, for a fourth or whatever. And, and now you get Trey Lance for two seasons you evaluate him this season. He already knows the offense that you're trying to install. Right. You get a you get a year long look at him, and either a you guys he isn't what we think he sh- he could be, and you guys suck again, and now you're still in position to go Caleb Williams or or whoever the case may be because they still have two first round picks next year as well. Uh, it, it it almost seems like a, a really perfect fit for them. So there, I just think that there's certain machinations that could happen in the draft that could make this happen. But I agree with you. I don't think it does, but it's just interesting. Like, at least to me, it's interesting to talk about. Yeah, it is for sure. Because the value is the question and 33 plus a third round pick swap that moves the 49ers from 99. I think, I think, I think Houston has 73, they 33, 65 and 73. I think they have something like around that's, there, yeah. that's got to be really enticing for, for San Francisco. And that's the kind of deal. I think that they would at least listen and like, they're never going to probably get, they're, they're not going to get a better offer than that. Uh, and, yeah, I doubt it. And so if they're really just out on Trey Lance or so far in on Brock Purdy that, that they don't, they don't want to hang on to Lance for another year. Then, then yeah, sure. Uh, I, I guess that's probably the move. I worry though for San Francisco, like I'm not, I'm not taking regression off the table for Brock Purdy. No one should. There's a very real chance that, and this is not a bad thing. He was the 262nd pick. If this is how his career goes, great. Good for him. (laughs) It's already a home run pick. Yeah. They got an NFC title game at quarterback out of the Mr. Irrelevant slot. That's crazy. But they run, they run the, I guess I'm going to call it the risk of being in a spot come 2026 where they're exactly where they were at with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Where it's like, all right, well, it's really clear that they need more from the quarterback position. And the other thing, going back to kind of the team building aspect of this, is the other the other thing they, they, they run the risk of running into is they've built this really awesome roster that is quarterback proof almost like they can just plug and play the 262nd pick. And it's like, yeah, Hey, he had a good S two cognition score so he can play. Although the Niners aren't even working with S two. So I was reluctant at the time, but, but, but (laughs) what happens when they don't have Fred Warner prime Fred Warner in the middle of their defense anymore? And what happens when Trent Williams retires and what George Kittle turns 30 this year? Yeah. What happens when George Kittle is, is on the backside of his prime? Um, Debo Samuel is never going to replicate his 2019 again. He's still a really good player, but he's never going to be 20. Like you see, there's at some point, like there's too much and they, there's too much talent to have to restock. And at some point you're going to need your quarterback to bail you out. Right. And that's, that's over the next five or six years. If they're going to rock with Brock Purdy, like, okay, I get why he was awesome. But I think there's a significant risk of running into a spot where you're, 
your team is no longer quarterback proof and you need a player with, with the kind of upside the Trey Lance has. So uh, they're trying to compete for Super Bowls now though. I, I mean, I get they have a right. five-year plan or whatever, but um, man, I, I just, I'm still in the camp that if they let Lance go for any level of compensation, it could, it could really wind up reflecting poorly on, on the front office and Kyle Shanahan. Certainly, especially if he goes to Houston or, or wherever and he flourishes, right? And he becomes the guy that, that we think he could be. Now, again, both of these knowns, right? It's just that Brock is, is a little less unknown than Trey because of the, the, the on-field evidence that we saw. But now you, but you also have to add in the fact that he tore his UCL and he's coming yeah. back from that. And mm -hmm. we haven't really seen many quarterbacks suffer that injury and come back from it. It's, it's essentially mm -hmm. Jake DeLome who had Tommy John and then mm -hmm. Nick Mullins, who we all know. Right. And, and Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins had a, a pie to begin with, right? Brock Purdy is a little bit in terms of arm strength, a little bit up the scale from, from Nick Mullins, but oh, yeah. that was one of his, one of his, you know, draft negatives was arm strength. And now mm -hmm. all of a sudden you, you're coming back from, from elbow surgery and you don't know what that's going to look like. So I th I think it's, I think all of that points to it not happening, but I don't mm -hmm. think it, 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 if it does happen, it's not going to blow me away. I'm not going to be like, Oh wow. I did not see that coming at all. It's really clear. The, it's very, the thing that's most clear to me is the Niners want to trade him. This certainly. is not a Debo. This is not a Debo thing last year where they're like, we'll take calls, right. but like they, they didn't want to trade. They want to trade Trey Lance. Yeah. That is that to me anyway, is very, very clear. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing that Lynch said was we are confident in our conviction in Brock, which to me again says, <laughs> even if they don't trade Trey Lance, Brock is not ready to start the season. Trey beats out Sam Darnold in, in OTAs and preseason and he starts week one and and maybe you know he gets four weeks. I don't know that he can do anything in those four weeks for the team to be like, all right, Brock, sorry. Like Trey is, you know, Trey has has shown us what we need to see. That's how much I think they're into Brock Purdy. And that's where it's like, if that's the case, get something for Trey Lance. And yeah. and maybe, maybe the maybe it's maybe the path is get something for next year, but, mm -hmm. but you're trying to compete for a super bowl now. And that's where I'm like, again, if you can get something now, right. A second round pick where you could mm -hmm. get a right tackle to plug in where Mike McGlinchey is that, you know, is going to likely be more talented than Colton McKivitz or mm -hmm. Jalen Moore or Spencer Burford or Nick Zakel, right. You've got, right. Yeah, you've got a lot of guys to compete there, but you don't really know what you have in those guys to, you know, to be confident. If you could if if one of those tackles is available, right? One of those tackles that is, you know, that for low end one, high two, mm -hmm. you know, do you do you roll the dice and go, you know what? That is going to help us in 2023. Right. And we don't think Trey is. And then we believe so much in Brock Purdy that we think he's the future. So it's it's interesting. Another guy that came up in terms of uh, uh, trade uh, rumors, if you will, uh, was Brandon Ayuk. And Grant Cohen asked uh, whether people were calling an Ayuk and whether the the 49ers would consider trading him. And Lynch's quote was essentially, "I'm I'm not going to get into specifics. We love Brandon Ayuk, and I'm going to leave it at that." And it was interesting to me because both answers, right? Mm -hmm. The Trey Lance answer and the Brandon Ayuk answer were different than an answer to a question that was asked later, which was, uh, I believe Tracy Sandler asked, has anyone called on Nick Bosa? And if they did, would you listen? And, and, and Lynch was basically like the hotline for Nick Bosa trade calls never opened. It's not that it's closed. It never opened. Right. Hmm. It, it was clear that Nick Bosa is untouchable, but he did not make the same declaration for either Trey Lance or Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and then later when talking, responding to Cone's question, he said, we're trying to do something special this year 
and Brandon will be a part of that. I don't see them trading Brandon Ayuk again, like a Debo situation, unless they're blown away. Uh, but to me, I think Brandon Ayuk is the guy that you commit to far into the future. Yeah. And you hope that Debo has a bounce back season next year so that you can possibly offload him after next year. Because mm-hmm. I think personally, Brandon Ayuk is a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel is. Debo Samuel is mm-hmm. an incredible football player. I love watching him play. He's one of my favorite players on the team. But I think with the addition of CMC, what he did in 2019 is a little bit redundant. Mm-hmm. And Ayuk offers more as a wide receiver than Debo does. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I thought I thought in Ayuk's rookie year that he was their best wide receiver just from a pure like route running affecting the game at all three levels standpoint. And like, that's just what you're going to bet on long-term and Debo's had some health problems. Like I'm not out on Debo Samuel as a player, but if the Niners right. are betting on a guy for the next five or six years, I use the easy bet for me. Um, so I, I, I thought Lynch's answer on that is really interesting because that, that to me says that, they're either like maybe they're trying to work on a long-term deal with Ayuk, and he's just trying not to say anything. Maybe he felt like he said too much on Lance and doesn't want to say anything else. Um, or maybe they had substantial talks with somebody and he doesn't want to get it. I, I don't know. That's just a very odd answer though, from the team that regularly yeah. says we'll take calls on anyone. We'll listen on anyone to go. I'm not going to get in specific. Like you just did. We right, we, right. We can all see this. You know what it, it reminds me of is the DeForest Buckner situation. That's what mm. it really reminds me of. Like, right? Like, we love D, we love Buckner. We want him to be a part of this team moving right. forward. And then, like weeks later, it's like Buckner got traded, and it was because the negotiations weren't going well. And so, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good uh, insight I, in that it, it could be that they've started some negotiations and maybe they're not going well. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I don't know if. The Buckner thing was interesting. Like that gets brought up a lot when it comes to like John Lynch, like lying and every right. GM lies. Do you see what Andrew sure. Barry, the Browns GM said? Uh-uh. He, he was like before his, his pre-draft presser, he was like, uh, I know you're all really excited for this annual press conference where you ask me questions and then I don't answer them. So I guess it's, I yeah. love the honesty, like shout out. Right. No, I, right. I think the Buckner thing specifically though, was a positional value thing. Sure. And I just, I think a wide receiver, they're going to value higher than a, than a defensive tackle. So I, well, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. They, they, they uh, valued Javon Hargrave pretty highly, right? They they broke that, they broke that dude off. And I think, but to me, that's also an admission of guilt essentially in that we shouldn't have traded Buckner and, or we should not have drafted Kinlaw at 14, right? Like, because essentially that error you are now having to correct via this free agency. Now that's no shade to Javon Hargrave because he was arguably the best free agent available and the 49ers got him like kudos to them. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that they moved on it. And, and I love that they're willing to say through, through that signing, Hey, look, we messed up, but we're going to atone for it here. Right. And I mean, that defensive line is going to be un unfreaking real. I'm really excited um, to watch them. Yeah. Right. And especially against, and, and what's funny is, um, uh, Armstead had availability today. And what we talked about was just how difficult it's going to be to with him and Hargrave, just because of how different they are in terms of their size and, and what they bring, right. You know, Eric Armstead is six, seven, two ninety, right. He's got that length. He's got those arms and Hargrave is six, two, like three Oh five. And just, strong as an ox and so you can't yeah you can't if they're two different players you can't game plan to take out both of them because they have different games and so i think that's going to be a a fun thing to watch as well um another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Nothing else really to note, I don't think, at least, um, in terms of, of what Lynch had to say. Um, one, th- one question was asked about John Feliciano. You know, was he, was he brought in to be a starter? And essentially Lynch was like, everyone's going to compete for a job. So, um, you know, I think, I think they're, they're willing to, you know, have, have Burford compete with Feliciano. I wouldn't be surprised if Feliciano won out though. Not that Burford had a a bad rookie season, but that's a, that's a veteran, uh, with, with a lot of, uh, experience and, and postseason experience as well. And was really good last year for the Giants. And then really good for the Bills the previous two seasons. So, uh, again, a, a good value signing there. With that being said, talking about the draft and moving on, I did want to uh, look ahead and just kind of look at some of the defensive prospects that the 49ers could be targeting at the picks that they currently have. Cannot uh, trades. We cannot assume. Uh, I love to do mock drafts where that Houston scenario, uh, I put that into effect. I force that trade. And then mm-hmm. I go up and see, hey, what can I get at, you know, at 33? Um, but yeah. for this, yeah. for this, right, we're looking at what what do we think, you know, who are some prospects that are largely tabbed to go late third, you know, into the fifth or sixth round that we think the 49ers could target? And we're going to look at three positions specifically because you and I both agreed these are probably the three positions that they're going to target, right? We're going to look at edge rusher, cornerback, and safety. You know, I think defensive yep. tackle, you know, they could address that in the draft, but I think that would be if, a, you know, if a prospect fell that they thought wouldn't be there and maybe they they pulled the a trigger on it. But they've got a good amount of depth there with, uh, you know, with Hargrave, with Armstead, with Kinlaw, if he's healthy, with Kalia Davis, mm-hmm. who I think is, is, is going to be a factor. And then also they brought back Kerry Hyder, who largely played inside for most of last yeah. season. I think they've got enough depth there where they don't have the same depth that they had last year was edge rusher. And I think that's a, uh, that's another area. I said earlier, 33, they could go up for a right tackle. Mm -hmm. Also, if an edge rusher fell to them, I think they'd be willing to pull the trigger uh, because of how highly they value that position as well. Uh, But again, we are looking at end of third, you know, into the fourth round. Uh, They don't have a fourth round pick, right? They've got three to end the third round. They've got one fifth round or two fifth round picks a sixth round pick and like a bevy of seventh round picks. We're not going to look at that, but um, when it comes to edge rushers, uh, who stands out to you around kind of where, where we think the 49ers will be, will be selecting it 99, 101 and 102. So there's a couple of guys that jump out. And I think some of these guys might be later, maybe fifth round um, or if they wind up moving up into the fourth round, but these are, I don't think they're going to have to move up to get any of these guys. Um, Zach Harrison from Ohio State. He screams 49ers defensive end because he has like the length to play inside. And he's athletic enough that I think he'd be a problem there. So I don't think he's ever going to be like an all pro or anything like that. But when you're picking 99 and beyond, you're just looking for a productive player. Right. And I think he could be, I think he could be productive edge setter as a run, as a run defender. Uh, he can rush off the edge a little bit, but then he can kick him inside um, and and be that kind of Charles Omenahu type player uh, pretty early in his career. And I honestly like replacing Omenahu has got to be something the Niners try and do. Yeah. And I think Harrison's a player that can do that. You don't you don't think Cleveland Farrell is that uh, Charles Omenahu? <laughs> it could be right. But yeah. if, it, if it's Cleveland Farrell or, or, or Austin Bryant, like great. Uh, but I got to see that before I'm, before right. I'm banking on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I keep looking at in terms of edge is how effective this, this defensive line was in 2019 mm-hmm. when D Ford was healthy. Right. And you mm-hmm. had Bosa and then opposite Bosa, you had D Ford who ran four five off the edge and was an absolute game wrecker. Yeah. And I keep, they, I, I feel like they brought in Samson Ebukam hoping that he would be that. And he wasn't. Uh, Drake Jackson to me is a lot like a Zach Harrison, right? It's a, a big athletic guy, but he's not necessarily a a speed rusher off the end, Mm -hmm. super athletic, incredible bend. And I think that's going to serve him well. And I think he's going to take a step this off season, but I keep thinking about like, they need to bring in a guy 
for that turbo package, right? That package that is just mm. all pass rushers on on obvious passing downs that can just one dude that can just scream off the edge from that wide nine. And there's a couple of guys that that I think could be there. Um, one guy, I think his his combine performance may push him up, but his age may again bring him down. And that's Byron Young from Tennessee. Mm. Um, the reason being is because he's 25 years old, right? And yeah. if you're a team like the 49ers who are just focused on really the next two years, right? Like they've, I think in their mind, they're like, we've got a two year window to get this thing done with Trent Williams, with George Kittle, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, with Debo and Ayuk, right? You start looking at these, these pieces and you go, does it matter then that he's 25 years old? And, and to me, it doesn't, right? Because you're like, I'm trying to get this guy in now and affect the game now. And so for a lot of teams who don't have the type of roster that the 49ers do, I think they could be scared off by that age, right? Cause he's already mm-hmm. 25. Um, right. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not sure when his birthday is. Um, I don't know if he'll be 26 before the season ends. Um, but what he does have is freaky athleticism, uh, for the position. Dude ran a four, four 40 at, uh, six, two and 250 pounds. I mean, it's D Ford. That's it's like, it's like a D Ford clone, right? with a little bit extra quickness. Mm -hmm. Um, The other guy that I look at again for that specific role is um, Yaya Diaby from Louisville. I had him written down too. Huh? I had him written down too. I like him a lot. Yeah. um, You know, I I love, uh, I love Dane Brugler's beast draft guide. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do a lot of, 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 you know, just getting to know some, some of the prospects that I like to want to look at more through him. And he has a third round grade on him. And so, you know, again, where he falls, I don't know. Uh, he's another one that is a little bit older. Um, I think he's going to be 24 soon. So again, it, that's one of the things that I noticed when I started kind of diving into to draft prep this year mm-hmm. was just the number, sheer number of really old prospects that there yeah. are. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a byproduct of COVID. I yeah. would assume people um, stay in an extra year. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, that's how you get like you know, Stetson Bennett, who is essentially like a veteran at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the um, but yeah, two- Yaya Diaby, 6'3, 263, uh, ran a four five forty at the combine. Again, just that that profile, right? That screamer mm-hmm. off the edge. You know, I, I I really think that if they could find a guy like that, I think it would be a boon for them. He actually had a better 10 yard split than Byron Young did, uh Diaby. And when you watch Diaby, he played a lot of like three, four end mm-hmm. where he's lining up inside of the tackle and or, or directly over the tackle. Uh, right. I Putting him in like a wide nine, I think would unlock a level of athleticism that yeah. he didn't really get to use at Louisville. So I am a I am a big Yaya Diaby guy and I could see him being a player that the Niners look at like a D Ford where it's like, yeah, hey, he's never going to play all three downs, but man, he's going to haul ass off the edge. And we don't that's. You know, you've got plenty of bodies to be those, you know, the, the big end, right. Including mm-hmm. Eric Armstead, if you wanted to, right. That's yeah. what they were in. And even in the 20, they were rotating him at big end. And then inside, I think he's better inside than at big end. You could always do that. Um, so, yeah, I think honestly, like to me, you know, and and there's there's DJ Johnson from from uh, Oregon, who's a guy I yeah. believe they um, they brought in on a thirty visit. He's another yeah. guy that uh, is just freakishly athletic and older, right? Uh, 24, mm-hmm. 24 and a half. Um, went to Oregon. He's a sixth year senior, but he's six four two sixty, and he runs a four four nine forty. Like that's just stuff that you can't teach. Yeah, so you know, I think some of these, yeah, and I think some of these guys are are lower because of the production, the age, whatever the case may be. But again, as the 49ers, you don't really have to focus on a lot of that if you're just mm-hmm. looking for that profile and that type. So I think there's yep. there's a handful of dudes. Um, I also like, uh, in, in terms of big ends, Isaiah McGuire from mm-hmm. uh, Missouri, who I think is, is very similar to Zach Harrison, and also mm-hmm. a local guy, uh, Viliami Fioco of uh, San Jose State, who oh, I know yeah. they've had it as well. One more, one more defensive end name here. And again, this is a little bit later, probably than the third round. I think Brugler hasn't projected as a 
fifth round guy, but Lonnie mm-hmm. Phelps from Kansas. Oh I yeah. Was, so I saw his measurements at six, two, two forty four. It was like, I need to go watch this very small person. Rush the passer, right? Rush the passer, dude. Uh, super fun. I really yeah. like him a lot. Uh, he's gets off the ball super quick and, uh, just, he hauls ass and then just doesn't stop. And he somehow always winds up around the ball. And when you're doing that as a pass rusher, I just, I'm really into that energy. So shout out to Lonnie Phelps. By the way, that Zach Harrison, just to, to go back before we move mm. on Zach Harrison, 36 and a quarter inch length arms. <laughs> Dude, he's a freak, bro. That's, that's unreal. Yeah. That's I'm just, unreal. He's maybe he's just not going to be that good at football, but dude, those are like at this point in the draft, like those measurables, it's like, great. I'll bet on that. I'll bet oh, on that 100%. late in the third. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy again that I think they could bet on late. Although, you know, Dane Brugler has him at, uh, what does he have him at? Um, fifth to sixth round. Uh, but it's Andre Carter, the second from army. He's six, six, two fifty six, And he, uh, runs a four, nine, 40 but he plays faster than that so again another guy that's super athletic uh that could uh, again be there late and and i wouldn't be surprised if they took more than one edge rusher in this draft that that's that's yeah. their mo right they believe hey we're going to build through the lo- the defensive line and figure everything else out speaking of figuring everything else out another area where they've got starters there but it's it's at least at free safety it's it's pretty temporary and mm-hmm. that is the safety position uh, right now they've got Talano Hufanga who had his breakout last year, incredible player, a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they brought back his running mate, um, Tayshawn Gibson uh, for, for one more season. Uh, again, Gibson, I believe is, I believe he's 32 right now. I think he'll be 33 during the season. Obviously he's not a long-term answer behind him. You've got George Odom. And you've got Quantrez Knight on the practice squad, and that's it. Miles that's, Hartsfield. Oh, sorry, Miles Hartsfield. My apologies to Miles Hartsfield. I did not mean to throw shade your way. Former Panther came over with Steve Wilkes. Yeah. So there is there is that. Um, but again, is is position in the NFL. It, it's one that I don't know. Teams are starting to value it more. You look at the mm-hmm. contract that Jesse Bates got from from Atlanta, and you go, okay, mm-hmm. like all right, that, that's, that's a healthy, that's a healthy contract for, for a safety. Um, but in terms of, of draft prospects, um, what do you, uh, see, do you think they go third round? Like one of their third round picks? I, I honestly, to be perfectly honest, I don't think they're picking 99, 101 and 102. I don't think they're going to do that. I think teams, teams get weirded out when they have that many picks so close together. Cause they don't get to tear out these guys and so i think they'll i think they're gonna move i I think that's the theme of this draft i think they're trying to move and i think they will but again at 99 101 102 wherever you know they are in the third round um any any safeties that jump out to you there's three guys there's three safeties that i really like and then i'm out on everybody else i'm joking it's not that these are just the three guys that i really (laughs) i really really like um the first one this is the first player i watched in this year's draft class as JL Skinner, the safety from Boise State. And I know he got hurt pre-draft, but dude, you know how usually like when you watch, like especially all 22 in college, you have to like really identify because of some of the weird like coverages they run and stuff. You have to watch the play a couple times and be like, okay, there's my guy. You don't have to do that with JL Skinner because he's freaking huge. Yeah, he's, he's massive. He's, he's just, massive. He looks like a defensive end <laughs> hanging out at safety. And yeah. uh, I just love that. He hits like a truck. Um, I don't think he falls as, as, as far as 99. Um, and I think he misses a lot of tackles because he doesn't wrap up, which the Niners may not like, but I personally am a big JL yeah. Skinner guy. Um, the other, the other one I really like is, uh, is Jartavius Martin from Illinois. And I like Martin because he gives me Jimmy Ward vibes in terms of his versatility. Like, I really think I, I, I think he could play a high safety, but then you can bring him down into the box. I think he can cover in the slot. He did that at Illinois. If they're looking to replace Jimmy Ward, which I think they kind of are, which yeah. is why they brought over Hartsfield, who did a little bit of that for, for the Panthers. 
and maybe they love Hartsfield and they're just all in and he's going to do that. Sure. But if they want a player that they can do some of the stuff Jimmy Ward did, I don't know that there's anybody better than, than Quan. He goes by Quan, Quan Martin in, uh, in that kind of range. As you said, prior to recording, He's a baller. He's a gangster. That's what it He's was. A He's gangster, a gangster. Dude. I'm just all in on Quan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JL Skinner, by the way, 6'3, 209. Again, you don't He's see many unit. safeties. He, <laughs> you don't see many safeties. But speaking of a unit at safety, uh, one of the guys that I love, and you and I talked about it, stingers up. Marte Mapu from Sacramento State. Uh, stingers up. 6'3, 221. Uh, sixth year senior, but still only. 23 years old um and and he played i he he reminds me a lot of fred warner in 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 what fred warner was asked or to play at byu which was kind of like a i think they call it the star right which is like a hybrid safety linebacker and Mm -hmm. so he and and mainly because he he's got linebacker size right just like fred warner fred warner six three as well you don't see a lot of linebackers fred warner size in the nfl um and that I think is part of what makes him so unique, but also because he played that hybrid role where he was kind of tasked with some safety uh, responsibilities along with linebacker responsibilities, Fred Warner's coverage skills as a linebacker are unmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see a lot of that with Marte Mapu as well. Um, another guy who was injured pre-draft, uh, so didn't run at the combine. Um, so we don't have uh, those kind of measurables. Uh, but you throw on the tape and you watch that guy and you're like, that guy's a football player. Like I want a guy like that on my team. Dane Brugler loves him. Um, and he's taken again, a 30 visit to the 49ers, which I think personally helps kind of focus what players to look at and which not sometimes it can be a smoke screen, but I've, Mm -hmm. I, I've, I feel like over the past few years, the 49ers haven't been using them as a smoke screen. They've drafted a lot of guys that they brought in already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so another guy that they brought in is Jair Brown, the safety from Penn state. Again, I don't know if he lasts until 99. Brugler has a third round grade on him. Uh, five eleven, two Oh three ran a four, four, five, eight, 40. Uh, but just a dude that loves to stick his nose in everywhere yeah. and, uh, isn't afraid of contact. And I love that in, in a safety, very similar to, uh, Talano Hufanga, very similar to Jimmy Ward. And another guy, like you said, another guy that I think could be, uh, you could look at as as a as a Jimmy Ward replacement is mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jamie Robinson from Florida State. Uh, again, uh, may go earlier than that. Um, I think PFF has him ranked really high. Brugler has him as a third or fourth round grade, and I think partly it's because he's a little bit of a tween in terms of where you want him to be. Uh, he's uh, a little on the smaller side. He's 5'10", 191. Again, ran a four, very similar to um, Jair Brown, ran a four, five, nine, 40. But at Florida State, he was a ace special teamer. Uh, they put him in the slot. They had him at free safety. They had him at strong safety. He's just, again, a football player. Yeah. And and I, and the 49ers love football players, right? It's kind of that idea. Boy, do they. They do it on <laughs> they do it on the offensive side, but they do it on the defensive side as well. That's where you get a Fred Warner. That's where you get Jimmy Ward. That's where you get, mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys that, that they that they bring in. And so um, again, I think that is another guy that that they could look at as well. And then last but not least, because we are getting up against it, I did want to take a look briefly at, at cornerback. Again, I don't think it's a huge need for the team. They've got a lot of depth there. Some of it is unproven, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the slot, right? I think they're looking at, you know, the, the loss of Emmanuel Mosley. I, I'm bummed about that. I really wanted Manny Mosley back. I understand, yeah. you know, Detroit didn't break him off, but they did pay him a good amount for a guy that's coming off an ACL tear. So, yeah, you know, there is that. Um, you know, I think they love Diamador Lenore outside. I don't think they really want to move him. I think they just. Lenore and uh and Mooney Ward on the outside so what is what is the competition at slot and you you know you've got Sammy Womack there who I I really believe in I think it shot really good I don't even think he really lost his job in 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 the early part of the season when before Mosley got hurt you know Womack was the starter and 
And I think week two and then week three, all of a sudden it was Lenore. And you're like, what happened? That was like, weird. There wasn't anything mm-hmm. that happened, right? It's not like Lenore who lost his job when he got burned in Philadelphia on a on a goat where it was like he got burned and then we never saw him again for most mm-hmm. of the the 2020 um or 2021 season um but i think i think slot is really kind of where they would be looking and then obviously depth you know you always want depth at that position don't really know what we have in ambry thomas uh and so are again with cornerbacks anybody that's really caught your in like maybe the the fifth or or lower because i don't think they're going to address it with one of their earlier picks um did you mention isaiah oliver Oh, I did not. Thank you. That's that, and that that's, is that's brought him in to start. Yeah. yeah. That's a great thank you. I did forget yeah. about Isaiah Oliver. And that's a and and that's a signing that other people have lauded um in terms of you know what and and by the way, Isaiah Oliver, Akella Witherspoon teammate at Colorado. Yeah, he sure was. And I, I think a really yeah. good player. He's had a ton of success in the slot. Um yeah. so uh I don't think these guys will be down there in the fifth round. Uh, but I do think that they could come in and compete for starting jobs right away, which if the Niners are going to go early, like that's that's what they're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is Darius Rush from South Carolina. Really yeah. good athlete. He's like 6'1", a buck 98. He's got super long arms, like his arms are over 33 inches. And he just <laughs> competes. Crazy. He just tries yeah. his ass off. And, um, and d- d- long arms, good size, good athleticism. I'm betting on that with, with a late third-round pick. Another guy who could be maybe available a little bit later than that is Corey Trice from Purdue. Yes. And again, that's, he's that's my guy. huge, dude. He's yeah. 6'3", 206. He yep. looks big. He plays super physical, but he doesn't move like an oaf. Like he he he's not just like out physicaling smaller college athletes. He can move as well. Uh and again, uh size and movement skills are are what I'm willing to to take a swing on at, at corner. So those are the two guys that yeah. Uh, there's been several different players who have been, the Niners have either met with or they've been mocked to them or whatever. Uh, those are the two guys that have really jumped out to me. Yeah, I really like Corey Trice. Um, Dane uh, Brugler has him as a where to go um, third, third round. round. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, six three two zero six ran a four four seven has a seventy seven inch uh, wingspan. Um, Julius Brents from Kansas State. Hmm. Um, six two one ninety eight, eighty two and five eighths inch wingspan. <laughs> like that doesn't what? even make sense. That's like that dude probably flies at that point. If you've got a like, my goodness, thirty four um, inch arms. Good God. Yeah, that is just bananas. Just I'm absolute. In. Any, yeah, any corner with size, I'm in. Yeah, by the way, same same uh same arm length as Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, who will be a first round pick. Wow. Joey Porter, 6'2, 193, 4440, 34 inch arms, and an Man. 80 inch wingspan. Just unbelievable. Um, another one that I think um uh again with an eye towards being a core special teamer and and possibly a depth piece if we're looking late in the draft is Starling Thomas the fifth out of UAB. Um Brugler has him as a fifth to sixth round. He's 5'10, 190, runs a 4'38, 40, um, but still has you know decent length with with almost 31 inch arms. Again, just a guy that I think you could bring in uh, mm. to be a core special teamer, add some speed to the back end, um, and you know, just just see what you have. Because again, this roster is it's full, right? There's not yeah. starter positions available unless you want to argue the defensive end opposite Nick Bosa and right tackle because right. we don't know who the starter will be, but there are guys there that they pencil. But outside of that, there aren't really any positions available. So again, mm-hmm. when you're picking this late, what are you looking for? You're looking to add depth. And really to me, you're, you're, you're drafting lottery tickets, right? Like, Hey, if yeah. this guy hits boom, like that's huge. And that's where you get a George Kittle in the fifth round. That's where you get a yeah. DJ Jones in the sixth round. You know, that's where you get a Dre Greenlaw in the fifth round. So I think that's why the 49ers are so successful is because they, they know what their system is and they draft dudes that will fit their system and they don't always fit everyone else's system. And that's why they drop, but they're, they're, they're in lockstep with the coaching staff and the scouting. And Lynch even said that in his presser today, somebody asked him, why have you guys been so successful in the later round? And that's what he said. 
you know, it's, mm. it's cohesion between that coaching staff and the scouting department. So again, you, you kind of look for, especially once you get later in the, in, in the draft, you look for physical attributes that, you know, can play. And then mm-hmm. you, you rely on your coaching staff. And that's the other thing. When you talk about safeties or cornerbacks, Steve Wilkes made his, you know, made his name as a secondary coach. So yeah. obviously that guy's got coaching chops to coach those guys up. Yeah. And so again, you, you believe in your coaching staff and you get the guys that, that have those physical attributes that may not have put it on tape or may not have been productive at whatever college they were. Um, but you believe in your guy to coach them up and, and, and bring them in. So um, I don't know. I, it's not, you know, Thursday won't be exciting. Maybe Friday won't be exciting. Friday's I, game six dog. Well, I just meant, <laughs> <laughs> I meant for the 49ers game six. Yeah. Friday will be exciting. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping against hope that that's not a game at, at, uh, chase to bring it back to golden one. But, uh, that all depends on, uh, that all depends on, on De'Aaron and, and, and the tip of that, uh, left index finger. We'll see how that goes, man. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed, uh, uh talking with yeah, you man. 49ers ball warriors, Kings, um, let everyone know uh, where, where they can find you, where they can read you, where they can hear you, all that good stuff. Yeah, but NinersWire.com. You can get Candlestick Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, always be contenting. The ABC. That's right. Hey, and if you're in the Sacramento area, every once in a while, tune in. Kyle will be on KHTK. Maybe. Maybe. Nothing, nothing, uh, nothing offered yet. Well, Please I'm just, well, I'm just saying, you know, that was you, you were a fill in today. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah. And, Lock in. Uh, I might yeah. be around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, and that's just a good plug for KHTK anyway. No doubt. Sacktown Sports. Honest, and, and honestly, when, when I was introducing you, I, I, I was going to do it. And then I was like, I can't pull it off. But I was going to say rights for the 49ers at Niners Wire. That team, which is your, which is, your, <laughs> <laughs> which is your intro uh, every time on Candlestick Chronicles. Again, if you're a 49ers fan, make sure you tune into Candlestick Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts. Love Kyle. Love Chris put out incredible content and uh yeah this is uh this is this is a not a solo show i've got kyle coming up wednesday i think it's gonna be a solo show zane is still oh. traveling uh al already said he looks like wednesday might not happen so uh if al is on well regardless we're gonna do <laughs> what amounts to a mock draft it could just be me you get to hear these dulcet tones for 30 to 45 minutes. But again, uh, for Kyle Madsen, thank you again. For Zane and Al, I'm Brian. Go Niners. Niners on three! One, two, three! Niners! 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 